afternoon, everyone. This is Kathy Diamond on behalf of the Eleanor London Cote St. Luke Public Library, back again with my monthly book presentation. The book that I have chosen to talk about today is called This Lovely City by Louise Hare, a young British author who sets her story in post-World War II England. Louise Hare is a London-based writer and editor with a master's in creative writing from the University of London. Originally from the city of Warrington, the British capital is now the inspiration for much of her work, including this lovely city, which started to come to life after the author went on a tour of a deep level shelter below Clapham Common in the northern part of the city. The drinks are flowing, the jazz is swinging, as the book cover says. But for the city's newest arrivals, the party can't last. With the Blitz over and London reeling from the war, jazz musician Laurie Matthews has answered England's call for help. Fresh off the ship, the Empire Windrush, he has rented a tiny room in South London lodgings and has fallen in love with the girl next door. Touring Soho's music halls by nights, pacing the streets as a postman by day, Laurie has poured his heart into his new home. And it seems alive with possibility for this idealistic and energetic and enterprising young man. Until one morning, when he makes a terrible discovery. As the local community rallies, fingers of blame are pointed at those who had recently been welcomed with open arms. And before long, the newest arrivals become the prime suspects in a tragedy which threatens to tear the city apart. In Louise Hare's engrossing debut story, this young Jamaican man, who is a main character of the novel, his promising new life threatens to unravel after he becomes suspect in the death of a mixed-race infant. The lovely city that Laurie Matthews expected when he arrived in 1948 on board the Empire Windrush, along with several hundred other Caribbean immigrants responding to Britain's call for labor, turned out this city of London, this lovely city, ironically named title of the book, he is starting to feel, so sorry, this London turned out to be not such a lovely city, but a war-ravaged metropolis, which, as the author writes, 
is still too poor to clean itself up. But after two years, Lori is starting to feel at home, despite the gloomy, cold atmosphere and humiliating racial slights. Renting this tiny room in Brixton, postman Lori moonlights as a jazz musician at night in the Soho clubs. He also supplements his income by making black market deliveries for his landlady's son, because remember, rationing is still in effect. And he happens to fall in love. He meets and falls in love with the girl next door. Who is this girl next door? She is 18-year-old Evie Coleridge, the biracial daughter of a white mother embittered Agnes and an unknown black father. Life is good for Laurie until that March morning when he discovers the body of a black child in a pond in Clapham Common. While the police quickly dismiss the other witness, who was a white woman walking her dog, Lori is harsh is harshly interrogated by the openly racist detective inspector Rathbone. Between you and me, says Rathbone to Lori, I couldn't care less. Too many of you around here already. But the law is the law. So DS Rathbone his job is to find the culprit, and that's what he is going to do. Whether it turns out to be Lori or someone else in the growing West Indian community, it makes no difference to him. Part mystery, part love story, this lovely city demonstrates that London was anything but lovely for many black people at the time there. To read you from the second page of the novel, and this is in Laurie's voice, even back home in Jamaica, he had never felt confident in himself, not like his older brother, Benny, but this city forced him even further inside himself. It was a chronic condition like asthma or arthritis. He could go a day or so feeling perfectly normal and then just a word or a glance was enough to remind him that he didn't belong. He liked working the clubs because he could just play his clarinet and get lost in the music. His fellow musicians respected him Many of them even looked like him. He reveled in the applause that came when his name was shouted out, and he stepped forward to give his small bow and a smile, just the right side of bashful. But as soon as he left the warmth of the club, things changed. People looked and decided what he was 
without knowing a single thing about him. Most of them were, were well-meaning. Somehow that was worse. In an interview, Louise Hare explains how she came to write the book. She says that the novel developed out of a short story. She says that she had done, she had taken a guided tour to this deep level shelter beneath Clapham Conham, which she said, being British and growing up in around London, she said, I knew that it had been used as an air raid shelter during World War II. But what I was surprised to find when I got down there was that they had also housed Windrush passengers for a few weeks when they had just arrived. I was doing my master's at the time in creative writing, and I had to write a short story for one of my courses. I tried to imagine what it must have felt like to arrive in a strange country and then find yourself shoved underground. How disorienting that must have been. And that's how I came up with the character of Laurie. An un, uh, sorry, an edited version of that short story is now the first 1948 chapter in the novel because the novel moves back and forth between 1950 and 1948. And when I read this story, the short story out to my classmates, the overwhelming feedback from those who listened to it was that people wanted to know what happened next. <coughs> Sorry. Evie, the, the girl next door with whom Laurie is in love with, was a character that I had already been thinking about for a separate story, but when I put her together with Laurie, it just seemed to work. Louise Hare continues by saying, I didn't set out to write a Windrush novel. I guess you could say it was an accident, mainly born out of the original short story. And once I had the plot, I knew I had to write it. Because what is important to me is exploring Black British history and telling stories set amongst Black communities that have often been ignored. Naively, I had assumed that people knew about the Windrush period, mainly because I was so familiar with it. I had read the book Small Island and I had seen various programs on television, so I thought that it was in the public consciousness. When the Windrush scandal happened, that was in 2018, I realized that actually a lot of British people just didn't know anything about it. And I even knew people who lived in Brixton and South London who walked past Windrush Square on a daily basis and never knew where the name had come from. The idea of belonging and being welcome were, those two ideas were in my mind right from the start. In fact, my initial short story was called Welcome Home which referred to the fact 
that the Windrush passengers, the passengers on this, on this ship, had they all had British passports. Even if you came from the Commonwealth, well, if you came from Jamaica, which is part of the Commonwealth, you had a British passport. And so they thought of themselves as traveling to the mother country. They weren't, in fact, immigrants in the usual sense of the word. And even I, who is of a, a, the next generation, have lived my life being asked that question. But where are you really from? So when I wrote this book, I wanted to address that through the character of Evie, and Evie is this mixed race young woman with the white mother, the white London mother, and the black father, who we, who we never meet and she never meets. And so I wanted to contrast her experience with Laurie's as a new arrival. The title of my book, I've been asked, where did I get the title of the book, which is This Lovely City. She says, it comes from a Calypso song. And the title of this song is, London is the place for me. And it was sung by Calypso musician, Lord Kitchener, for the reporters who met the Empire Windrush at the Tilbury docks when it arrived in 1948. I liked the hope in the song. And there is a lot of hope in the book, this is the author speaking, even when things are going badly. I did mean it to be slightly ironic though. And when you read the book, you realize, of course it's slightly ironic. This lovely city, it sounds lovely until you start reading about what happens to the characters. The plot also touches on the challenges facing mothers of mixed race children in that period with a very nuanced portrayal of the relationship between Evie and her mother Agnes. Agnes is a very complex woman and the author is careful not to make a stereotype out of her and not to, she's complex in that you can like her and you like the way she behaves at times and at other times you definitely don't. This novel contains a cast of wonderful characters. Among them, that Detective Sergeant Rathbone, who I mentioned earlier, and he's a character who, who engenders strong reactions. The author said that she put him in there because she wanted to show what a detective, what a white detective sergeant at the time investigating this crime, and this is a piece of fiction, of course, but how she felt he would have reacted, acted and reacted. And she says the character of Rathbone was probably the trickiest to write because I wanted him, this is the author again speaking, to be more than just a stereotypical racist cop character. But at the same time, I didn't want him to have too much involvement in the story. Whenever he shows up, you know that something bad is going to happen. But I didn't, as I said, I didn't want him to become a stereotypical villain. Rathbone portrays a view 
that I think is still current, continues the author. The idea that he would be happier if he could just send everyone away who wasn't white. And he says all of this to Lori in the very first scene that they have together. He's just an average man yearning for a better time, whenever or whatever that meant to him. Toggling between 1948 and 1950, Louise Hare's absorbing narrative builds a compelling portrait of immigrants struggling to belong to a country that needs them but doesn't really want them needs them for the labor. That's the reason that they went there in the first place because England faced a labor shortage, a, a very desperate labor shortage after the end of the Second World War when they had to rebuild the country and particularly London, which is why they wanted people, immigrants to come in the first place, which is how these Jamaicans and other Carib people from the Caribbean came on the Empire Windrush. So it's it's the story, it's a portrait of these immigrants who came to a country thinking that the country wanted them, but finding out that whereas, yes, the country needs them for their labor, but doesn't really want them because they are not the color that the white British think that British citizens should really be. Lori and Evie, the two young folk, are so moving in their tender love for each other that we readers will root for them to overcome the many heart-wrenching plot twists, always hoping for a happy ending. After all, this book is called This Lovely City. And while we know that this, there's irony in the title, we're hoping that somehow this lovely city will have a happy ending. And the historical fiction aspect of the novel is also important here, as well as the murder mystery aspect and as well as the love story, because as all good historical fiction does, it teaches the reader about an episode in history. And this episode, it happens, is in relatively recent British history, but yet many readers might not be familiar with it. And just to give you a little bit of background quickly from a Wikipedia article that I found about this ship, because I was very curious myself, the Empire Windrush was an originally a passenger liner and cruise ship launched in Germany in 1930, operated, owned and operated by the German shipping line, Hamburg Sud, in the 1930s under a different name. During the Second World War, she was operated by the German Navy as a troop ship. But at the end of the war, she was taken by the British government as a prize of war and renamed the Empire Windrush. So imagine this is already 1945. The British are still thinking, uh, they still fancy themselves as having a British empire, which I guess in name they, they did. They had a commonwealth. 
And in the British service, this ship continued to be used as a troop ship until March 1954, when the vessel caught fire and sank in the Mediterranean Sea. But in 1948, and this is the part that interests us readers of the book, the Empire Windrush brought one of the first large groups of post-war West Indian immigrants to the United Kingdom carrying over a thousand passengers from other countries as well, mainly the West Indies, but there were others as well, including two stowaways on a voyage from Jamaica to London. A commonly given figure for the number of West Indian immigrants aboard this ship, immigrants aboard this ship is 492, but apparently there were at least 800 passengers who gave their last place of residence as a country in the Caribbean. The arrival of this Empire Windrush was a notable news event when it arrived in 1948, when it docked at the port of Tilbury near London on the 21st of June of that year, 1948, and the 1,027 total passengers began disembarking the next day. Newspaper reporters were there, and Pathé news real newsreel cameras captured the arrival of the ship and the disembarking of its passengers. The name Windrush, as a result, came to be used as shorthand for West Indian immigration, and by extension for the beginning of modern British multiracial society. The purpose of the Windrush's voyage had been to transport service personnel. The additional arrival of civilian West Indian immigrants was not expected by the British government and not welcome. The Minister of Labour at the time stated in Parliament that there would be no encouragement for others to follow their example. The problem was, though, that according to the law at the time, the British government could not legally prevent anyone from landing, any of these Caribbean or Jamaican immigrants from landing, because they were considered British citizens. Anybody who was from a country that was part of the British Commonwealth was considered a British citizen. And this, this situation remained in place until the first legislation controlling immigration was passed in 1962. Those who got off this ship, the, the, Windrush in, the Empire Windrush in 1948, who had not already arranged accommodation, were temporarily housed in the Clapham South Deep Shelter in southwest London, less than a mile away from the employment exchange in Brixton, where some of the arrivals sought work. And in this book, This Lovely City, this is what Louise Hare is writing about. And as she said, the seed for this book came from her guided tour when she went down into that Clapham South Deep Shelter one day for a tour and saw how deep down it was and found out that those Jamaican immigrants, those who had not already another place, and probably most of them didn't, they were housed there in the, in the depths of this shelter. 
Many of the Empire Windrush's passengers apparently only intended to stay for a few years, but although a number of them did return, the majority remained and settled permanently in Britain. Those who were born, those born in the West Indies who settled in the UK in this migrations movement over the following years are now typically referred to as the Windrush generation. So there you have a bit more historical background to add to give you some more background to when you read the novel. Definitely a recommended read, an easy read, a gripping story, and you'll root for the characters and you will also learn a bit about a period in relatively recent British history while you read. Thank you so much for listening and have a very good month. Thank you for listening to the Code St. Luke podcast today. We launched the podcast and telephone broadcasting service in March 2020. The idea was to get content from Parks and Recreation and the library into your homes using Zoom, telephone, and podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast, please give it a rating and review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. For more information about programs at the library, visit csllibrary.org. For information about the city of Code St. Luke, visit CodeStLuke.org. Have a great day.